Hello, listeners. Before we jump into the episode, we wanted to take a moment to shout out this week's sponsor, Brown Hub. If you like adult humor, silly illustrations, and endearingly corny puns, Brown Hub has you covered. Brown Hub has the perfect reading cards designed to tickle your loved one's funny bone. Visit frownhub.com to join the club, and don't forget to check out the Kickstarter to back a deliciously sweet line of greeting cards before they appear on the storefront. And again, that's frownhub.com, F-R-O-W-N-H-U-B dot C-O-M. And now, enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome back to Highlights from the Cliff. My name is Autumn, and I'm flying solo today as a host because I have two special guests here with me today. And we are going to introduce a new segment into the podcast called Tea Time Talks. And our first one is about the HBO series Mrs. Fletcher. So, um, Aziz, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Uh, my name is Aziz. I'm 27 years old. I'm currently a graduate student at Carnegie Mellon. I'm originally from Saudi Arabia, and I have been catching up on a lot of HBO during quarantine, so I have a lot to talk about. That's great. I can't wait to hear everything that you have to <laughs> say about the show, because I really don't know your opinion, and I also don't know Shannon's opinion yet. So Shannon, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, I'm Shannon. Thanks for having me on the pod. <laughs> um, and good to see you guys virtually because it's been a while. Um, but yeah, I'm Shannon. I'm also 27 because I guess that's how we're introducing ourselves. <laughs> and uh, I, like Aziz, have also been watching a lot of HBO uh, in quarantine. I know I was texting Aziz about Succession at the beginning oh of this God. whole thing. So maybe with tea time too, we'll be about Succession. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about Mrs. Fletcher. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And like Shannon said, we are recording virtually still because this is a pandemic and we no longer live in the same city or time zone. So that's the perils of being students in the United States right now. So uh, back to what we're talking about today. We all finished Mrs. Fletcher sometime in the past six months, I would say. So it kind of varies. Uh I myself did a little refreshing just this afternoon, so it's really in the forefront of my mind here. But so just to lay it out a little bit, I'll set the scene, lay a little context for this show. This is based on a book by Tom Parada, and he also helped create the, the television show. So it stars Katherine Hahn, who is the beloved um, sister-in-law in Brothers, Stepbrothers. With, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to mind blank on that one. So we're just not going to uh, say that Will name. Ferrell and John Will C. Riley. <laughs> yes. 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 Will Ferrell and John C. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would say that, like, Catherine Hahn is the only, like, big name person in this show, which is really interesting because this is her first, like, foray into really um, solo comedy because usually she's with, like, an ensemble kind of situation. Um, I would also say that this is Cameron Boise's last appearance. Did I pronounce his last name right? Anybody know? I don't know. Who I have that no is. idea. 
Okay. I, he is, I thought a, it was just Boyce, but maybe Boyce. Not. Okay. He is a Disney Channel prodigy who passed away um, tragically from like a chronic health condition oh. earlier in the year oh, or wow. perhaps last year. Um, he is starred in all of the Descendants movies. So like an entire generation of young people. This is kind of like if Zac Efron had passed away when he was like 18, you know, kind of okay, to put yeah, that in Thank you context. for speaking my language, Autumn. Yeah, now I, yeah, I, like, yes. I, I can bring some references here. So I think maybe that might pull in a whole new demographic of people watching the show that I would not have personally expected. You know, so yeah, um, I wonder what the the Venn diagram overlap of Disney Channel and uh, Mrs. Fletcher is. It might be a very uh, thin co audience. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. Um, you know, maybe kids, wa- maybe eighteen year olds are watching this. Uh, who grew up watching this kid on Disney Channel, and then they tell their parents about it, and their parents, if they are probably subscribing to like Disney Plus, then maybe they are able to pay for HBO. You know. That we just keep true. piling these yeah. streaming services on one after the other. <laughs> yeah, so um, this is a story about a, a divorced woman who is a single mother. Her son is going off to college and she will be an empty nester at this point. And she doesn't really know who she is or what she's capable of doing. And the lens that this series takes is her sexual expression and revolution within herself to be a free woman in the 21st century while her son brendan is really reckoning with his status as a like quote-unquote cis head white male on a college campus yeah he's just like a quintessential lax bro it's like everything everything you need to know about brendan so um he is going off to college and he's uh realizing that he doesn't really have a personality all he was thinking about for the past five years was sex. That's it. You know, Aziz, I don't and really. I, okay, I have to. I have something to say about this. I yeah. loved. <laughs> I love it when like douchebags and bros peak at high school, and then when they go to college, they realize, oh fuck, you know, is that all I'm worth? I'm worthless now. No one cares about me. So I like that shift from, you know, being super popular in high school and then we're into college and the real world, you realize, oh, that doesn't really matter, you know? To that point, too. I mean, I think interestingly, like, you know, we we just said like, oh, he's a lax bro and that's pretty much all you need to know about him. I think an interesting thing about the show is like the playing with stereotypes and Brendan, to Aziz's point, kind of goes into college thinking he's a a person that has like individual ideas, but he's been so pretty much like indoctrinated by everything in his life that he kind of has to come to terms with his idea of him like being a stereotype and what that means as an individual, which I think, you know, Eve does as well. But um, I don't know, the media he consumes, like especially... It's implied in the show, very more explicit in the book, like the porn he watches, like completely impacts his perception of himself and how he interacts with like everyone in his life. So, yeah. And I feel like the way, you know, he interacts with women and how he calls them names and how, you know, he thought that was acceptable in high school. But when he got into college, you know, he started dating this woke person in college and he realized no that's not actually not okay 
um, to do. So it was a wake up call, I think. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, on that topic, it kind of just touches more on how the show opens with um, Catherine Hahn's character, Eve, almost walking in on her son um, having sex, you know, and she hears like what's going on behind the bedroom door. And she realizes that like her kid is grown up. He's like a young man and he talks to women in a disrespectful way. Tell me about it. You know, and she's never seen him really be this person and she's really surprised by it. And I kind of like got angry when that happened. You know, I kind of got angry at her for not realizing that if you never talk to your children about sex or consent, they're not going to learn about it from you, but they're going to learn about it from somewhere. Yeah. So this is something... I was wondering what you guys thought when she, you know, tries to have this conversation with him in the car in that episode. He obviously is, like, not interested, and I wasn't sure if we were supposed to take that as, like, they've had this conversation before, but it's always been on the surface, or is this intended to be, like, the first conversation they've had about sex at all? Because either way, she is not doing her job as a mother very well. It really felt like the first conversation, and that she wasn't even all in, you know? It's like she was too... It felt very awkward, you know, and he knew what she was talking about, but she didn't really explicitly say, you know, what she overheard, so it wasn't very effective. I think yeah, she yeah, has no she's... idea how to talk to her kid, and he, therefore he has no idea how to talk to anyone else about how he's feeling because his father also doesn't teach him these things. And I think like this is the point of, I really, really hope like parents of boys watch this and like realize that that's what they need to be taking away from this is that you have to be honest about some of this stuff. There's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no need to. And that kind of reflects on him, though, right? Fast forward to, I mean, I'm not going to fast forward. I'm just going to mention one thing about his dad when, you know, like he compares him with um, his autistic brother. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't you don't have any needs. And then Brendan almost sheds a tear, but doesn't because, you know, toxic masculinity. And that's (laughs) kind of something that you know, I felt reflected on him based on how he was raised and how, you know, he wasn't really showing his emotions as much. Yeah, and it just goes to show that this is like a really long lasting um, issue in like culture in America and um, it, it bleeds into every part of society. And I think like that's the ironically funny and sad part about like brendan meeting with his guidance counselor at, or um i don't know what they're called advisor in college and um just feeling like this guy like do- isn't helping him at all and like failing at this you know but it's like this person like could go on to get a degree and then be like this in the in the world like forever you know and but this guy kind of has a sort of wake-up call by the end i would say um <laughs> i don't know how you couldn't after uh, so there's like a surprise it. twist ending to this so if you obviously have not watched this show please either stop listening or read up on this real quick or you're going to be really confused or just like skip ahead of him <laughs> yeah um brendan by the end of it walks in on his mother having had a threesome with a former high school classmate of her sons and her co-worker who is a female who he bullied 
who he used to oh bully. yeah the boys um and when high school brendan bullied julian so it's like and that is like you know that's a very huge detail out of it's like, like mind fuck you know juicy yeah juicy i mean i kind of like how they leaned into the they went like as big as they could for real life plausibility you know okay so i have to so were you guys satisfied with this ending because this is not how the book ends like this happens in the book but then there's more after it and i felt like i don't know if they were doing this so they could leave the option for a second season but i i also felt that this was a complete story and i don't necessarily need a second season but I don't feel like it's a satisfying ending. So I'm curious what you guys thought about either, you know, the second season potential or if this is the only season, like, how about this ending? What do we think of it? I don't think it was satisfying at all. I mean, so it gave me a lot of excitement to wait for a season two, but it's like there better be a season two. You know what I mean? Because I would want to know how any son would react to that and how if uh you know if it would impact his life in any way but also like where does eve go from there like that being her final that's true i don't know like no I don't that's see... a, no 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 shannon this is the beginning this is her beginning of like a free person so this is different like they arc the character so differently in the book like it's still the ge- I guess, okay, I'm going to play my cards more up front now. I didn't love the show. I thought it was, like, fine. Um, But I, and there are a few things. I thought that the book had more internal monologues that we kind of have to rely on, you know, Catherine Hahn kind of sitting behind a computer screen with, like, blinking her eyes, and we're supposed to, like, take a lot from that, Um, which I kind of struggled with, but I also found, like, that part. The show didn't take a stance on either side on a lot of things. It was like, oh, this thing is good and bad. Here are both sides. And I was kind of left at the end, especially with where they left that final episode of like, what do you want me to take away from this? And how do you feel about this? Is this like, like, how is she supposed to talk to her son now? Like, I feel like in the original in the first episode when she can't talk to Brendan, I feel like it is because she is embarrassed to talk about sex and is embarrassed and mm-hmm. and she's inexperienced or like you know there's a lot of things you could put to it and autumn before you said it's like societal but it's definitely cyclical in this family specifically too so i was almost hoping that she had this realization earlier in the arc of the season so that we could see a little bit of like where it's gonna go from there because as it stood right now it was kind of like meh what does it say in the book? Is she allowed to tell us or? Yeah, tell me what happens in the what book. What happens in the book? Well, there's like more, there's a couple plot points that are like completely different in the book. Um, but in the in the book, essentially, she like starts dating someone that she's had. Um, she, the guy that's the guy from like The Wire and Entourage that plays the, the son of the guy from the... Um, retirement home she starts dating oh that guy yeah she starts dating him I love that which is her it's not good in the show and the way they even cast it this is why it's almost not fair to compare it because i think the way they portray oh. that character is like totally different 
but um, it makes it clear that, like, Brendan w- wasn't really, like, supposed to go to school. Like, that's not really for him. Yeah, and... I kind of see. Well, in the show, it's it implied that he was going to drop out. Yeah. That he was yeah. not going back to college. Like, when Sanjay drops, drops him off, and he's like, oh, I'll see you on Monday. And, and uh, Brendan's like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, sarcastically. Yeah. So in the book, there's more of, like, a this, you know, reveal scene happens. And then, again, I read this, like, three years ago, so keep that in mind. Um, But it kind of fast-forwards six months to him, like, apprenticing with this guy who's a plumber and kind of finding a father figure that way. And it's more about, like, the compromises you make in your life, but you can still be happy. Ew, I'm explaining. like, not. I'm not into that. It's totally different than the show, but I don't like where the show ended either. I was well, kind of like, what's your point? Okay, do you want me to give my interpretation of the whole meaning behind it? I would I would love to. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> um for me, it's it just captures like a really a really true feeling of desire and fantasy and really investigating what it would look like for just a normal run-of-the-mill middle American person to just let go of most of their inhibitions. You know, and, like, embrace, like, being a free person. Um, and and she does that through sex, but she doesn't know that she's even allowed to. And, like, by the end of it, she realizes, like, there is no limit. There's no limit to, like, anything that a human being can experience with other people. Like, there is infinite things to discover and, like, you do that with other people by, like, loving them and that in, in whatever way that comes about. And it just spoke to me a lot because that's how I feel about those types of things. And it, it felt like, I don't know, like, as a as a child of the internet, you know, I think as a queer child of the internet, I would put it this way. I've had to rely on a lot of, you know, mixed messages Um but ultimately doing my own research on the internet and I feel like I just identified with that part of her, her journey, her like, oh, like, I didn't even know that that was an option. I didn't know that I could like that. I didn't know that I could, you know, masturbate on my kitchen floor while I'm baking cookies. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just like the innocuous types of things that make it seem like somebody would really try that. I definitely... Oh, sorry. I did not mean to cut you off. I definitely see that perspective. And this might be, again, like the book coloring my perspective on it. But I feel like a lot of this is uh, how I was reading it. And this is more in the book, too. But like her playing into the MILF stereotype that she's seeing in porn. And that's how it's portrayed in the book. So and that's what Brendan is doing in all of his sexual exploits is like just be reflecting back what porn is telling him he's supposed to be and how he's supposed to act. And in the book, that's kind of how this like threesome ends up being portrayed. Oh, see, okay. All females directed this series. And I think it had a huge influence on the way that that was, uh, that the sex scenes were portrayed in a man. uh, Didn't a man write the book? Yeah, he wrote it. He wrote the show though, too. This is why I'm wondering like, and again, it's my memory of it. Yeah, so no, I mean, maybe I probably... I'm misremembering, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was it. That's why I'm curious. That's why I feel like it wasn't enough. And I wanted to see like what she thought of that happening, because I don't think we got mm-hmm. 
enough. Like I wanted a close up to see some 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 sort of her inner monologue after that happened because right? how we, do you react we, to that? <laughs> right. And to me that's like is she like I totally understand what you're saying about like oh these are limitless possibilities but I don't know how she felt about it and did she understand it? Like she acted on it, but she also had, right. I don't remember what episode that was in, but she like had a one night stand with that one guy and it was like terrible. Yeah. Episode four. I want to talk about that scene later. Um, it's a great scene. But so I guess that's what I find interesting about the show is like, she tries to try on a lot of hats in her like reinvention of herself. And I wanted more, I guess, about what she thought about the last hat that we see her wearing. And I wanted a reaction, but instead we only see her son being appalled. And that's not the reaction I wanted. Right. Like, I know know what Brendan thinks of this. I need to know what she thinks about it. So I'll give some context here. The directors, there were four different directors over the span of seven episodes. Um, The woman who directed the first is Nicole Holofcener. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right. I'm very sorry if I'm not. Um, she directed the Eagleton episodes of Parks and Recreation. Oh just my to, gosh. Like, frame her humor, <laughs> you know, which like, oh, I love it. Um, she also did some Sex in the City episodes back in the day. And she wrote the screenplay for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, episodes two and three will, were directed by Liesl Tommy who has did a spattering of episodes for Insecure, The Walking Dead, Jessica Jones, and Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. I've not watched that show. I want to, though. Um, Episodes four and five were directed by Carrie Brownstein, who is known for creating and directing um, Portlandia. She is also in a punk rock band. Slater Kinney. Slater Kinney. Yes, love that band. <laughs> and episodes six and seven were directed by Jillian Robespierre, who directed Obvious Child. Which I love that movie also. I don't know. Shannon, Aziz, have you I, seen that? I ha- actually have a question. So in the book, what happens to Brendan after that scene? Does he like transform into anything at all or... <laughs> you don't have to spoil it. Uh, it's 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 really it's not that I'm not spoiling. It's that I don't like fully remember if they have a scene that's immediately after or if it just fast forwards to like six months later. Um, but I think so, there is definitely clear. I think I, if I'm remembering correctly, this is a catalyst for them to be able like to discuss sex more openly, and he become that coupled with his. Um, which I guess we should get to as well, but coupled with his uh, Me Too moment. I don't know how to put that, um, uh, I guess. Yeah, I get, um, I get what you're saying. And I mean, after that, if they don't discuss, if that's going to make them, if, not that, if that's not going to make them discuss sex, I don't know what will, right? Right. Walking I think he, so I think that there's some of that and then he then gets like more of a, present parent both from eve and from her new boyfriend because i feel like there's a lot of shorthand that you got that his father is was absent before he had um another family but i think it's like i don't know if it was played up enough how many disappointments that father is for that son yeah Um, i mean i think it was Okay, I this is again like, you know, when you like I watch I read the book Normal People last year and that's like one of my favorite books in a while and I watched the show and I was like a lot of things I'm not sure if this reads cuz I 
have read the book. Anyway, okay, glad it comes through. TLDR, uh, yeah, I think, I don't remember the exact scene, but Brendan basically, like, grows up a bit, but is still, like, grappling with his, like, trying to create a personality when before he was just, like, a stereotype of a lax bro. Okay. Well, that's good for him. Sure. I'm glad he gets, men- he needs mentors that he will listen to, because that's, like, honestly a part of the, the problem. But, yeah, I think, um, so for context, Eve's ex-husband, T- Ta- Todd, Ted? White men's names all sound the same. I'm so sorry, but it's true. Um, Ted. It's Ted. So Ted has a second wife and he has one child named Jonathan who's around six or, I mean, seven or eight, maybe, maybe even 10. I don't know. Um, He uh, is autistic and it's implied in the show that Ted focuses a lot more attention on Jonathan than he ever did on Brendan um, and the justification that Ted gives for this is because Jonathan is autistic and quote needs more from him than John than Brendan ever did. Um, and this is the conversation in the bar that Aziz is, I think Aziz referred to where he has a tear in his eye, but he does not let himself cry in front of his father. Yeah. Um, and also, and like, I think I feel that's like... everything you need to know about his dad. I mean, like, yeah, you know, obviously a child with special needs is going to require a lot more energy and effort and, um, you know, attention and love given to them because they need more help. And that's just the, the reality of the situation. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to parent the other children that you birthed, you know, like yeah. it, that, that, in my opinion, seems like almost self-explanatory. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's not just that. I think it's also, like, his relationship with Eve. Like, I th- I think it's clear throughout, like, he has not been, a- wasn't a good husband to her. And even as an ex-husband, he drops in whenever he wants. He's not reliable when he says he's going to be there. He can take over parents weekend that she was, like, looking forward to. Speaking of Things that, like that. Did anyone else sense some sexual tension between Eve and her ex-husband when he gave her the check for tuition and went inside to pee or was that just me was that the only one who sensed that sexual tension i could see it because um when she went to at one point her best friend from the neighborhood tells her that her husband has been cheating on her by paying a sex worker to give him massages um Oh yeah, and he almost <laughs> she offers to go over to her house and grab some stuff so her friend can stay with her for a few days and the husband like confronts her as she's getting clothes out of the wardrobe and he says something along the lines of I think let me try to find this like we didn't do anything she, I didn't even know her name or something like yeah that. he just like dehumanizes the sex worker yeah. um and then on top of that he just like doesn't admit that he cheated and then he also is like simultaneously in like very close to eve physically like almost standing over her it seemed like and it just came across as predatory so i agree yeah yeah um did she end up going to that sex worker place or no, was she that just in her imagination? About it. Oh, okay. So uh, I kind of want to discuss like the fantasy scenes because they're very telling about, I think maybe this speaks to what Shannon's saying. Like we get an inner monologue, quote unquote, but in the form of like, you know, a visual monologue um, of the female gaze 
which I just, oh, such a fan. As a lesbian, I love the female gaze. <laughs> I thought that was definitely the most, like, stylistically successful part of the show, too. Like, mm. when the, when oh. they chose to implement that and the way that they styled it was just, like, well done every time. I was always a fan of that. Sorry, continue, Adam. Not to yeah. interrupt you. <laughs> no, but the first one we see, I think, is Eve is shopping in the grocery store and she comes upon a person a woman handing out samples and yes. she's not wearing a bra so her nipples are clearly visible underneath the fabric of her shirt and eve lets herself wander into a little lesbian fantasy of you know hooking up with this woman as she eats this popsicle that this lady handed her um and it was just so like i don't know the situational like comedy of that was so it just read as genuine, you know, and you're like, this This is probably what some housewife is thinking, like, as she's in here. In the Getting her store. free sample. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, well, I think that's, that's also a good time to talk about, like, what do we think of Katherine Hahn's performance in this? I like, loved it. Like, what did her. you guys? I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. That's obviously... I think we all agreed. <laughs> we all love it. <laughs> I think we do all agree. I feel like, sorry, I already said I'm lukewarm on this, but I think without Catherine Hahn, I would have been like hard now. Like, I think she really makes it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like the casting was like really essential to making this work. Yeah, because there's something like comedic about, it's comedic and sad. Like she plays both sides of the coin, you know, like that yeah. scene where she's, I think she's watching like some really trashy lesbian porn and then she tries to reenact like a spanking scene or something and she's like bending over and like legitimately hitting herself and you can tell it's like a genuine reaction from her that like <laughs> oh yes it's such Sorry, a Catherine but... Hahn thing <laughs> like I was trying to remember yeah. yeah and it just it it really um eased eased the tension of like you watching another person watch porn because that is so much yeah. like the voyeuristic aspects of this what do you guys think of that hmm were you ever like cringed out you know i don't think it was ever like very explicit to be honest so i was never really cringed out and i think that like they handle the tone pretty well when she like when any when she's watching porn i think okay. again watched this a while ago i don't know if i still think that but i don't like remember that feeling you know seven months later um, because I think they do do she brings in those comedic elements really well to kind of lighten it to show that it's like a discovery rather than something that we are being voyeuristic on like that's why I guess I don't feel like it's a creep and the camera angles aren't like you know behind a door frame or something trying to be more voyeur <laughs> but really in a lot of like voyeuristic cinema those things are you know utilized because to try to emulate that and I don't they're putting it out in the open I don't think it's like intended to be so voyeuristic so I personally wasn't cringe that's a really good analysis I like that yeah I actually didn't notice that until you mentioned it right now Okay, I guess it was just me and my Southern American. Wait, so you were cringed? Wait, um, Autumn, say more. I'm curious. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, there, upon first watching on my rewatch, I was obviously not as much because I knew what to expect. But I did not like they pulled real porn clips, you like actual porn. Like they probably made her like she probably did research and watched stuff like that, and then she's watching it again. Like 
I don't know. It just like it felt like breaking the fourth wall in a really like strange way to me. But that could just I don't know. It's probably just my cultural upbringing in the South. Good old abstinence only states. Am I right? Um, where nobody knows how to talk about this stuff down here. So it's just like this, this stuff. Did you hear it? I did it. Um, <laughs> this stuff. I mean, coming from Saudi Arabia, I can totally relate. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I grew up like going to mass every week. Like I grew up in a very Catholic household and I wasn't cringed and Aziz is from Saudi Arabia and he wasn't. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's just me, everybody. <laughs> But I thought it was like a really good pushing of the boundary of what we usually see because I mean I guess maybe my parents are very big historical costume drama fans. They pretty I'm pretty sure they watch every single one that is on every available streaming platform right now. Um Care for it. <laughs> yeah, and they those those shows are filled. They just do gratuitous violence and gratuitous sex because that is like all the old people really get get excited by at this point you know yeah um so we actually have a stereotype in saudi where older women are more interested in you know sex jokes and porn and you know being yeah it's a thing um older like how old like 80 and over yeah like Like they love dirty jokes i remember i met this elderly lady um like I showed her this video about this person. Like, like there was this video going viral on Twitter about, oh, this grocery store worker just grabbed the boob of this lady walking. And I was like, everyone, and everyone was shocked. And I was talking to her and I was like, oh, did you see this video? And she's like, what happened? I was like, oh, he touched his boob. And then when I showed her, I was like, oh, I was expecting something better, something more exciting, something, you know? So it's like the stereotype fits her for sure. So. <laughs> wow that's so interesting to hear that is um, interesting I yeah but, know um, more. <laughs> but uh my point in bringing that up was uh the costume drama gratuitous sex scenes thing was because this is definitely it's different to show porn as it is as it is versus like softcore porn like outlander or um you know i was thinking show. outlander when you um, said that yeah my parents just finished that one so um yeah and it's just a really interesting juxtaposition how i'm uncomfortable more so by this one versus the other one versus the costume drama ones okay so yeah. maybe i need a refresher i don't recall there being just like porn taking up the whole screen i recall her there it being like I mean, there, were, okay. there were like scenes like snippets right nothing major i mean everything Re- was showing that's... but it's like it wasn't an entire you know I no it wasn't like minutes like upon her... minutes it was like you know a couple right. like 10 <laughs> seconds 15 seconds but it's still like yeah wow i mean i yeah. guess i think we also need that to understand like why I think we need that to understand, like, how she gets to where she gets mm-hmm. and, like, what she is playing with and for, like, the fantasies to work. And also, I think it's important, like, that's obviously her self-discovery, but I think it's partly that she's trying to understand, like, how Brendan got to the point that she could overhear him, like, being so degrading, uh, casually, <laughs> casually degrading to someone on, like, a, you know, Wednesday afternoon or whatever. 
Um, so I don't know. I I feel like we need those scenes yeah. even, but yeah, I, I definitely see why you're cringed out, but I also think like that's part of the point. It's like they're not playing it so com comedically and they're not paying it playing it like so seriously. It's definitely on this like in between tonally. Yeah, I think they strive for a really neutral place and they clearly achieved it. I agree with you, Shannon, and it's never really clear what their what the maker's stance on this is, which I think is fine. You know, I think it's okay to like let people just put their own spin on it. Um and I also feel like but, this uh, show oh sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I also feel like the show portrays how, you know, society looks down on sex workers and the people who look down on them most usually have a bigger urge to do whatever they're doing. That's just my personal theory. I feel like every time you look down on something, every time you're, you know, if you're homophobic, you're most likely gay. That's like my, you know, my belief system. And every if you're afraid of something, you're usually attracted to it, but afraid. And so in this show, um, remember the scene when the, that girl went to Brendan's bedroom and, um, Oh, yeah, when she overheard him, when she gave him a blowjob, as she was leaving, mm -hmm. she looked at her shirt and saw the semen on her shirt, and she was, like, so yeah, disgusted. But yeah. I felt that, you know, it was that moment where she realized, oh, you know, there was, like, a light bulb. Oh, you know, you know, that was, like, something that she wanted to... It was sort of like a gateway for her new life. Yeah, it was a very stern wake-up call. Um, and I think it's interesting how in the show, at least, porn is shown as her form of sexual, like her initial form of sexual freedom. It, while, while for Brendan, it was definitely his downfall. You know, it's like, this is maybe, I don't know, maybe it's being pretty neutral on porn itself. I agree. That's what, something I wasn't sure to. I, I feel like yeah i don't know how they felt about it. this is what i'm saying again and like you said maybe they don't need to like explicitly say how they feel about it because they're showing like the ups and downs of everything yeah and but like, i if feel you're like engage in these things in real life it kind of is like that it kind of is an ebb and flow. human sexuality is like an ebb and flow and like it it could be like that i don't know continue what you're saying i'm sorry for interrupting you oh no no no! you're totally fine um i i found that there was like an interesting play i guess between like isolation and porn in this for both like mental isolation but also like physically like i don't know like we autumn you said before like you we might want to go back into talking about like her first like one night stand situation and watching that felt like the most isolating experience like you yeah. can be physically with someone but not be like yeah emotionally so, feeling it and i i feel like th that's also how um brendan is like he doesn't see sex as like something that you like two people do together he sees it as something he does to someone else or that someone else does to him yeah and I yeah think but i think coming yeah. from porn and the isolate i don't know what do you guys I think, think you're about right that? i think katherine hahn as a 45 um i'm, I'm calling her katherine hahn i'm talking about eve the character um eve <laughs> is 45 in the show and i think it speaks to her um life experience to be able to learn that lesson quicker than brendan did um and uh 
So for context, she arrives in a New York City party ready to just spend a night on the town. She ends up bratty flirting is what I like to call it with a man that she's never met who they find out lives around the corner. So they go back to his place and they um, proceed to have sex that she power bottoms through, which I love for a woman. Um, But he cannot give her what she wants and he ends up... um, prematurely ejaculating so they end that hookup really fast and she's disappointed by it and it kind of like doesn't live up to her expectation of all the things that porn taught her that she could do because she was like dirty talking and being in charge and just owning her sexuality um and she was disappointed and she didn't understand like why it was incongruous but it was a harsh a harsh lesson that a lot of people have to learn and i, I liked it yeah Do we think that that was her, like, a performance for her? Because I think that's another interesting... Like, we talked about stereotypes before. I find this... Like, there's some interesting interplay between, like, if you are... If other people see you as a stereotype, how much are you performing to that? And I think we see that more with Brendan. But I do wonder, in that situation, like, is Eve trying to replicate what she sees? Mm -hmm. Or is she trying to, like, fully be herself? And I think that may be why it was, like unsuccessful if she's trying to perform something i i think she's trying to perform she's trying on the role yeah because to her it's a role you know like a sexual person is a role that she plays until amanda who's her co-worker at the senior center um almost like verbally tells like allows her to just be a sexual person day to day hour to hour you know as part of her whole self and uh she doesn't really realize that that's like okay until um they spend a night in the hot tub together drinking wine and getting a little frisky and then at the end of the night um Eve accidentally kisses her friend in her drunkenness. Um I say accidentally because she profusely apologizes even though Amanda says it's fine. Um as, you know, the queer friend in the group, this is such a hashtag mood. I cannot tell you <laughs> how many times this has happened to me. Not not that many, but like, you know, it, I, I recognize myself as Amanda in that scene. And it was, I was like laughing out loud at it. What did you guys think of uh, her, like the progression of Eve's explorations? I mean, can I be honest here? I just yeah. could not see Eve with Julian. I just couldn't. I didn't feel it. I, you know, I felt it was weird. It got kind of cringy, you know, when he started texting and she started texting back and she's like, oh, come over. I didn't like it. I liked, you know, I really saw the the spark between Amanda and Eve, but like Julian, I felt was in the wrong place. Like he was definitely, I like the idea of, you know, the storyline of him, you, you know, being with Brendan um, in high school. But as shallow as this might sound, I felt like if he had looked differently, it would have made more sense. I just, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't see them together, you know? What did you Wait. expect a younger man that she would go after to look like? Uh, no, it's not. A, it's about like, I didn't feel like they are each other's types, Julian and Eve. I just didn't see it. You know, wasn't that the attraction of it though? Like, weren't they not supposed to be each other's types? And that's why it worked. Like why they, okay. Maybe types is the wrong word, right? right? Maybe types is the wrong word, but I just 
didn't see it. You know, sometimes you would see two people like, oh, I see. I can see something there. But for Julian and Eve, I could not see anything. I just could. I will say I didn't find that Catherine Hahn is a goddess, but I do not think that they had great chemistry as actors. Yes. Um. So agree. I'd agree with that. I don't think it's necessarily like how he looks, though. I thought there were like some insincere feeling moments between them that it was supposed to be like more sexual tension. And I was more like, I don't buy it. I So I, I do get what you're saying, Aziz. Yeah, it might be that. But I yeah. thought it was inevitable just, like, that it ended up in here. that point. Yeah. No, it's like a definitely an interesting point. Like, I think you're hitting on something important about this, which is like taboo and i could i would have loved to see it you know this is like you know my dream like i'm very much attracted to 40 year old women this is my but it's like i couldn't see it wow i feel that so much aziz oh never related to you more than oh no trust me like 40 year old remember when aziz asked if this was going to be public (laughs) (laughs) you can edit that out if you want to have our names (laughs) on this or you introduced yourself already (laughs) Yeah, but it's like when people run a Google search or like on Spotify or anyway, we can go over that later. Oh, well, 2020, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> um, okay, what were we, we were talking about Julian. So I, I did think that the way Julian physically looked with the long hair and the kind of like metal, um, wearing metal t-shirt wearing teenager kind of vibe he was going for, that is an eternal look, you know, I love a lot of metal boys i feel for them as a metal fan um the struggle is eternal but it it puts him a little bit like almost not in the same time period as the rest of the show in my opinion like he just seemed out of place um yeah and i i don't know if that speaks to like the chemistry between them or whatever but like the actor did a good job like that's not what i'm saying but um the chem the i think there are a lot of instances when like there are two good performances independently but they just don't work together and I personally feel like that's what's happening here like yeah agree like he did a good job but I wasn't buying them together and like maybe it is like that type doesn't fit in this world in some way I don't know yeah, I feel like that's Sanjay an interesting would have point, made though. a better job I don't know but maybe that's because I'm foreign too I don't know no, I think oh Sanjay. Sanjay and has Eve. sex with Eve. I can see that. What about in the threesome or just with Eve? No, in the threesome, <laughs> girl. What are you talking about? Okay, okay. I wow. What he just like walked inside and is like, I'm gonna have sex with your mom. <laughs> or is this like a season two? Do we want to see this? I feel like no. Instead of Julian, it would be Sanjay in the threesome. Okay, I'm gonna need to see that um that rewrite. Yeah. In about six months, I'll call you up and I'll ask for the. The script. I want to read it. Okay. Um, I really liked how Sanjay is. So Sanjay is a random floor mate from Brendan's college freshman dorm. Hilarious. And he agrees to drive Brendan home for a weekend after he finds Brendan crying in the shower over his hashtag me too moment, um, which. And also after he's been bullying Sanjay for a semester to or be months, fair. Or however no, no, long it's be been fair, or he, he i mean bully. he didn't really bully. he was a dick yeah to, he didn't he really bully to sanjay i guess okay maybe yeah, this he is was the book a, coming yeah, through he was, again he more like obviously bullied him in the book I would okay say. i think they tried oh, okay. to make him a little bit redeemable in the show like maybe you know um but he oh my god what was i gonna explain 
Oh, he oh, brought he, him okay. home. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> Brendan has a hashtag Me Too moment um, where he sexually assaults a crush of his during intercourse and he didn't realize it at the time but he goes um to apologize afterwards and is denied that opportunity because it truly is too late you know like he shouldn't have done it in the first place um so she punches him in the balls yeah deservingly so um and he just kind of realizes that he's like about to fail some of his classes he doesn't have any friends his roommate doesn't like him his he has no quote-unquote girlfriend or person to hook up with and he feels like he has nothing left so he goes home oh my but god Sanjay remember is the when he tried to, to drive make, him home remember when he tried to make friends with those athletes that was so awkward i had to take a pause and like go out and smoke a cigarette because that was too awkward for me to watch <laughs> it was sad it was really really sad it was and i think like that kind of goes into what chan's saying about like breaking stereotypes how this show kind of it shows um former high school competitors of brendan you know eating at this table and they're talking about climate change in a really informed manner that maybe 10 years ago would not have been depicted on a show about a kid in college and it makes brendan to be the butt of the joke when he just can't keep up with the conversation um and yeah it really it really shows that like brendan needs to grow up a little bit but um yeah maybe we should just close it out here by talking about like maybe your favorite moment from the show or your favorite overall theme Anybody want to go first? I can certainly go first. That's fine. I will keep talking. <laughs> believe me. Um, I, I'll try to think while you're talking. <laughs> so just overall, I, I really like kind of playing with the idea of what people deserve versus what they expect and versus what they receive from the relationships around them um, because it's really demonstrated that you have to be an openly communicative person in order to get the things that you want and need from other people. Because while we are a social species, nobody is telepathic just yet. So this is kind of just playing into, you know, sexuality is a communicative experience most of the time. I won't say all the time, Um, but it relies on being able to be with other people during that process. And this kind of really showed that well. And I think while I don't like the use of, you know, showing the iPhone texting or looking on the computer and I just have to judge Catherine Hahn's facial expression to know what she is actually thinking, I do think that it showed how at the core of it, she needed other people to go on this journey with her. My favorite overarching theme of the entire show was the fact how Eve really had the guts to do you know, what she did, because everyone has desires, everyone wants to do, you know, kinky stuff, or, you know, all those things. But no one is, you know, either confident enough, or everyone's so scared. But I feel like it has, you know, she had a lot of guts to do what she had to do. Although her position was advantageous, she was living alone, she, um, didn't really have anyone to please socially, at least not around her. Uh, So that obstacle was removed. Nonetheless, she did have the guts to move forward with her her desires. And when she, you know, dated, when she went on the date with that realtor guy, I want to say, the white, generic white 
50-ish guy. Yeah, the first date, the blind date. The blind date. And she, she left. And I really respected that. You know, if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not. And she reached that phase where she's like, I know what I want and I'm going to get it. So that's like my, my favorite overarching theme of the show. I too love to see women get what they want. Yes. <laughs> well, you guys both picked a theme, so I guess I'll pick a moment. Um, and again, watched this about seven months ago, so I guess mine will just be like maybe my most memorable moment. Um, when I thought about this show visually, like I said before, the like fantasy sequence were the most stylistically successful. I forgot about them, to be honest. I had to, like, read some summaries to remind myself that they happened. And for some reason, the image that has been, uh, that stuck in my mind when I thought of the show is even the swimming pool and that whole scene. You know, the the monochrome blue is really striking, and so that, like, leaves a visual imprint. But I found that to be such an interesting it, it it visually worked so well at the themes the show plays with because it's about having freedom, but in a restricted space. Like it's in an indoor swimming pool. She's not swimming in the ocean. It's like in a very limited space where she's able to feel free and open. And I, uh, I just really liked that moment. Yeah. Yeah, she was fully nude in that scene, right? <laughs> She was also memorable for that, I guess. Yeah, that was, I was like, wow, oh my God. I do remember it because of that. So yeah, and then where she goes to swim with the old man at the senior center. Is that the same scene? That's I the same scene. It was the same Yeah, scene. she gets up and yeah. he's standing there, which scared the shit out of me for a second. But yes. yeah. <laughs> Jump scares and Mrs. And she Fletcher. ends up dating his son, right? Yes. In the book. Kicked her I feel out like of that character... <laughs> It works better in the book. Whoa. Maybe you guys should read the book and let me know if I, you know, misremembered or misrepresented everything. Because as I was talking, I was like, is that what happened? Well, anyway, so TBD. I guess we'll find out once we fact check this, if we fact check this. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Fact checking needed. <laughs> I'm going to thank um, Aziz and Shannon for coming on the show. It has been so great having um, just more voices um, contributing to this. So thank you very much. Thanks, Autumn. Thanks, Thanks Michael. for getting me to rewatch the show. Thanks yeah. for having us. It was so good to see your faces and hear your voices. Very, very <laughs> yeah, we're just getting to gab about what TV shows. I love it. Um, so once again, I'm Autumn and I'm with Aziz and Shannon today. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast, Highlights from the Cliff. We'll be hanging. Music for this week's episode was brought to you by Blue Dot Sessions. You can check out this track, Palms Down, by Blue Dot Sessions at sessions.blue. That's S-E-S-S-I-O-N-S dot B-L-U-E. Thanks for listening.